Welcome to the City Hill podcast. We really hope you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, cityhill.london. So today what I want to be talking about is we're not doing a series. This isn't about God of the Universe. That's finished. Although I'm crazy excited about next week because next week we kick off our new series, Jesus, comma, is a feminist. Or for some of us, it's going to be like, Jesus is a feminist? <laughs> for others of us, we're fully exclamation mark already. For others are like, what? Say what? Am I right? We're a bit like, hmm, not sure about that. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be a really good series. I'm totally stoked about it, and I can't wait to share those thoughts with you. But today's like a standalone little thing. We're talking about New Year, New You. Because it's New Year, isn't it? And that's what we do. Every single year, we get to New Year, New You. Every single year, it's like, oh, I'm so excited about what God's going to do in my life. I don't know why I have to be like a Joe Lowstein when I talk about the year ahead and God being excited about my life. The Colgate preacher, I wish I had those teeth. Um, maybe that's in the new year for me. Who knows? Who knows, guys? If everyone reach out their hand, pray for my teeth. No, that's cool. Um, so... We always have this idea, it's a new year, it's a new you. And what happens is, I don't know about you, maybe you've all had your new years fulfilled. And you look back on all your years and you go through like a catalogue of years going, oh yeah, my year, my passion was to see this. And tick, smashed it, nailed it. And you just move on with your life and you're really happy. For me, I look back at all the years where I've gone like new year, like new year's resolutions, never work. Gym memberships, never work. January. Am I signing up to a gym? Hells yeah. Will I be there come the end of the year? Hell no. Maybe my paycheck will still be going there, but I know I'm not going to be there. Let's keep it real. And so we do these things every single time. We're obsessive. We're programmed that way. And I know I'm a bit of a Debbie Downer this morning because we haven't even celebrated the new year yet. And I'm saying like, this is the biggest waste of time we've ever had. I want to encourage every single one of you that there's something greater than that. And that's this, that his mercies are new every morning that you can wake up every single morning, new year, new you, new day, new you, new day, new mercy, new day, new grace. And that's really, really key. But actually within our society at the moment, especially the the age group that we pretty much represent, millennials, is we are the most narcissistic uh, age group known to mankind. There's never been, the next generation could surpass us. Um, They may go like, you know what, look at them, no thanks. Hopefully they do that, um, but we're, we're a bit of a mess. And, and so this is meant to be the day where I kind of like pump you up full of belief and faith that this is your year, it's all going to be different now. Um, the truth is it's not. You're going to wake up tomorrow. Some of, you, some of you may have a hangover. Some of you may have regrets. Some of you may wake up going, where am I? Um, I don't recognize this place. Why am I in Antarctica? I don't know how I flew here in this time, but I'm in Antarctica. All those things can happen in New Year. I remember one year, one of my best mates phoning me up, going, where am I? And I'm like, I have no idea where you are. And I go, what can you see? And he goes, it's green, there's a bush, there's mud, there's water. Um, and my guess was accurate, he was on Wimbledon Common. And then he said to me, where am I on Wimbledon Common? And I was like, I have no idea where you are on Wimbledon Common. It's three in the morning. How am I gonna, dis- oh yeah, I remember that bush. I saw it one time when I walked around, you know what I mean? And so he was like on the phone to me trying to get him home. That was a hilarious New Year's. Um, but you know what, that's what happens. But you know what, I love you too much to lie to you. I love you too much to lie to you all. And even if I don't know you, I would still love you too much to lie to you and stand up here and go, New Year, yippee this is all going to go great, everything's going to be okay. Because you know what, let's be real, this could be the year that I get cancer. Who knows? Could be. This could be the year I get cancer. But you know, 
New Year, New You. Well, yeah, New Year, Dead Me. You don't know. You don't know. I don't want to do the Christian thing and say outside there's a bus waiting for you because there's like five, six, seven bus stops outside this building and no one will leave. I'll be trying to lock the door and you'll be going, I can't go out there. There's a bus with my name on it because that's what we do as Christians. We always say there's a bus outside that could hit you. Um, and we talk about that. This year is going to be the same pretty much as every other. It doesn't have to be. If you want New Year, New You, then you're going to have to listen very closely this morning because New Year, New You... Um, is only possible in a couple of ways. And actually, the only way you really get a new year, new you, is if you make distinctive behavioural changes. If you choose different values that lead to different behaviours, which then create different habits, which create a new culture. So the idea of new year, new you, that you're going to turn clock into 2018 with the same values, the same behaviours, the same culture, and have a different year, delusional. It's delusional. Nothing's changing. The only thing that changes is when your values change, your behaviours change, your habits change, your culture changes. And that's hard work. It doesn't happen in a moment. It can do when God transforms you in a moment, but most of the time, he takes his time with us. So the only way you get a new year, new you, is the new you is found in Christ with the death of the old one. Embracing death isn't something Christians like to do or talk about too often, but that's generally where it's at. So uh, 2 Corinthians 5, um, verse 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God who reconciled through Christ, reconciled us to him and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors of Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on the behalf of Jesus Christ to be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. He who knew no sin became sin itself on a cross, taking our place that we could be reconciled to God and we could become people that reconcile people to God. So the whole point when I threw out the figure about 100, pe 100 people, it's because you're a new creation. And if you're going to be a new creation in Christ Jesus, then you have to be about new creation. You can't be about... Oh, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Let me, let me get that money to make it rain. That's not what it's about. That's never been what it's about. It's about the mission because the way that God reaches out and reaches for you, reaches for me, is what he calls us to do. Romans 6, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who've been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. He didn't save us to walk in the oldness of life. He saved us to walk in the newness of life. God has a new life for you. He has a new life for you today. And that life will always not be focused about you. It'll be focused outward and missionally. If you can live a Christian life that's about you, I would suggest you live in the Christian life and you're not a part of Ecclesia Church, the people he's actually called out. Um, which sounds really stupid, but looking at the Christian book titles in bookshops and the sections, that's what it is, Christian life. It's all about your best life now. I hope not. If my best life is now, that means I'm going to hell. How could I possibly have a better life than eternity with God? Being without sin, how can that be my best life now? No thanks, I'll, I'll pass that one. Um, he who loves his life will lose it. He who loses his life will gain it. Jesus said that. 
in John 12 verse 20, he talks about it in a different way. I love this passage just because it's got, it's got my boy who I'm named after in it. Now, among those who went up to worship at the feast, some were Greeks. So they came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and asked him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew. Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. And Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it. And whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. I want to stop there for a second. Whoever loves his life loses it. That's a big problem for millennials in the UK and the Western world. I want to throw that out there because we love our lives so insanely. We have such a high value on ourselves and such a low value on everyone else. And Jesus is calling us to take a switch. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will be my servant also. Jesus is outward focused. That's where he is. If you are going to be with Jesus, you have to be outward focused. Because Jesus was in the form of God, Paul says in Philippians. He put aside being in the form of God, became as a man, died on the cross in obedience that we might receive grace. And so if he put aside being in the form of God, didn't hold that something to keep a hold of and cling on to, but emptied himself that you and I could be made full in him, then if we're going to be like him, we have to be found in the same way. That my life isn't about me just amassing stuff for myself. It's about me being outward. It's about me being missional. It's about me caring that City Hill is aiming for 100 people. Not because we want to have 100 people so that we can tick a box and go, look, we have 100 people. Because we can have 100 people here that don't care anything about Jesus, but at least we have 100 people here. We have 100 people here we can be talking to about Jesus and engage with and showing them practically what that means. If anyone serves me, the Father will honour him. That's such an unbelievable thing. You see, often when Christians talk about uh, a number of things, they talk about grace. And then some people start talking about works and blessings and actions. And Christians are unable to have two conversations that run in tandem. It's ridiculous. This is a pen. If I hold it to you directly like that, you will tell me it's a circle. And you go, it's a circle, it's a circle. But others are looking at it and it's a rectangle. High school musical, can't we be both? The pen is a multi-dimensional object that has the circle and has the rectangle. Here's the thing, salvation by works doesn't work. But you are saved for good works. And God pours his grace upon you, but I know for a fact, when I align myself and do what he's called me to do, my father honors me for that, and there is a blessing that goes with it. And too many times I've heard guys in church talking about the grace of God in a way that the grace isn't. God does give his grace to you, yes, but he also responds to our actions. And he's not a father who doesn't see what you do and then pour out a blessing on you. It's both. It's both. And so sometimes when we embrace grace, we start to reject the idea that God wants to pour out a blessing when we align ourselves with him and step into what he calls us to do. Rubbish. It's both. It's a circle. It's a rectangle. It's both. Want to experience a new you this year? Here's how. FOMO. Millennials, we have such a big fear of FOMO, always a fear of missing out, and we always have a fear of never having enough. Um, we experience far more anxiety than any other generation before. Selfies, oh dear God, for heaven's sake, for heaven's sake, flip the camera around. There is a reason the better camera is on the other side. <laughs> the better camera isn't aimed at you. And one of the key things we have to do this year is we have to be countercultural. 
we can't be taking selfies. I'm not saying don't ever take a selfie. Like, don't be out and go, oh, I can't take a selfie. Like, Andy, if I do, Andy will see it online and he will, he will start commenting. Like, that's not what I'm talking about. But I beg you celebrate others. I bet you take a picture of someone else and then just say, this is my friend Steve. Steve's a great guy. Steve helped me out with my flat tire the other month. Thank you, Steve. It's always, here's me, I'm here, I'm doing it. Whoa, yeah. And everyone's scrolling through it. And what's happening is everyone's scrolling through it and Christians are no different than anybody else. No one, I'm not saying today someone's going to scroll through the Facebook feed, see you taking a picture of Steve and go like, oh, let me meet the anointed Lord. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, for the sake of everyone's mental health, flip the camera. If you want to be well in your head, flip the camera. If you keep taking pictures of yourself in 2018, the whole year, you will end up unwell. You will end up like Lucifer. You'll end up his kid instead of God's kid. You won't be where Jesus is going out. Oh, hey, Pete. Yeah, yeah, post, Pete. You're on the water. Well, oh, you're drowning. Quick, stay up, Pete. <laughs> you know what I mean? You'll end up World like... World star. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> World star. <laughs> Peter's sinking. I don't know. No, cool, cool. I'll help you out. I'll help you out. Flip the camera. Icarus flew too close to the sun. You see, the problem is when we keep taking selfies and keep making it all about us, we actually position ourselves against God. God... God's word says three times, God is opposed to the proud, but the humble he gives his grace to. So he opposes the proud. So if you want to keep on the proud thing, cool. Icarus flew too close to the sun. You'll fly too close to the sun of God. And you'll lose them wings. And it'll be a messy, messy, messy end. It's not, humility isn't about holding yourself subject and down. It's holding yourself in correct posture. That God is great. I love people. And yeah, I'll celebrate me, but I'm totally hungry and desiring to celebrate others um, you do not have to have eyes to s- God didn't give you eyes for news feeds on social media I know we think he did he didn't he didn't create the eye going there's a generation coming they're gonna scroll and all be well with the universe that's not it he didn't create you eyes for a news feed see love see opportunity see beauty see creativity see wonder and see need and then act accordingly to all of those see others and see God's face in them. One of my favorite things about Jacob is Jacob is an actual dirtbag and he just cons his brother the whole way through his life and there comes a moment where he starts to meet God and he turns his whole life around and he changes the direction of his life and he has this moment where he's coming back to see his brother for the first time in his life since he ran away after stealing his brother's entire identity, identity theft, steals his whole life, his whole blessing from his dad, steals everything about him and as he's coming to see him, he sends all these gifts ahead of him and all this kind of stuff. His brother sees him and just falls on his neck and kisses him. And, and Jacob says to his brother Esau, it's like seeing the face of God. Because it is. It's exactly like seeing the face of God. If you want 2018 to be different and better, you've got to start seeing the face of God in people. You've got to. Otherwise, you won't, all you'll see is selfies. Invest in others. Above all, invest in God. It's the only safe stock in the world. Not even Bitcoin is, is safe anymore. It's true. Because all it takes is someone else to start selling and the value, the value goes down. You live your whole life for something else, invest in something else. There's only one thing worth investing in and that's God because He is eternal and unfading and unchanging. In almost five years, it'll be in February, I've never once done a giving talk. 
and, and that's going to kind of change today. The There's no offering coming around, so I'm not, I've got the bucket, I've got the car machines, but I'm going to talk about this. I'm going to talk about this for a very important reason. It's earlier in this year, I had a moment where there's been about three times where I've had letters where they said they're going to take my, my house away from me. And there was one month where, a few months, three months in a row, money had come from the craziest places, and it was unreal. And I had this moment where I was in the living room, and I'll never forget it, a clear as day, I felt like God say to me, um, I don't know if you noticed, bro, but I'm carrying the team a little. And I was thinking like, yeah, I've totally noticed. And then he said this to me. He said, if I'm carrying the team, and you're always scared you're never going to have enough, and I've been sending a couple hundred pounds, a couple hundred pounds, and I've taken care of things, kept you alive. He said this to me, he said, Malachi free. He said, give me the full tithe, test me and see. And I was like, what? Man, like we, had, we had regular giving that we give to God, but a tithe, we were not in a place where we could do that. And I remember having to go in the other room, going, Jody, Jody, you know what? God is telling me that we need to do this. Like, what do we do? I'm thinking like, oh man, she, we're gonna have this, we're gonna have a fight, we're gonna have an argument. Jody looks at me and goes, do it. Yes, let's do it. And I've gone, okay, okay, we, we will do it. And so then I step out, do this for a couple months. Unreal, the stuff has started happening. And then God started speaking to me. And he said, what I want you to do, I want you to email those who've set up regular giving with City Hill. And what I want you to say to them is I want you to tell them exactly what I said to you. I want you to tell them this isn't God speaking to them. This is what God said to you as an individual. But what you are going to say to them is that if they step up, and, and, and they tithe, then the difference between their tithe and their regular giving will be kept secure. And if anything goes wrong, any problems, they can have it back at that month and they'll get it back. And we'll do this for three months, we'll trial it and see how it is. And I said, if at the end of the three months, this is what God told me to say to them, it's different from what he said to me. He didn't say this to do this for mine. He said, tell them they'll get all their money back, from the, all the extra from the tithe above their regular giving. So I sent that out. So the reason I'm sharing this today is because Zach, when years ago, we had an me and him had an argument, came to a head about this, not a proper argument, just disagreement, differing views. He said to me, yeah, but how long are you going to stop people in your church being blessed by God? And I was just like, oh yeah, you're such a gas bag. Like, that is I didn't say that to him, but inside I'm like, oh, you're gassed. You're absolutely gassed. So what I want to end by saying from my point of view is this, is what happened over the three, well, four months, five months for us was unbelievably insane. It was the most insane couple of months I've ever known. As soon as we did that, we got a letter worse than any other letter threatening to take our home back. And I thought, God, you're gonna, we're, we're screwed. Not only did we manage to keep up with our payments, we managed to clear all the backdated payments, and I still don't know how, whilst other things. And then on the final end of the month, which is when I was emailing the other people that got involved with doing this, um, to ask them how theirs went. I was so scared because I was waiting for them to say, oh, you know, an asteroid fell out of the sky, hit my car. Um, my nan uh, got run over by the 93 bus. Um, my, my hamster just rolled over. Um, a voice came out of it saying, stop tithing, and then died. It was my hamster's last words. Um, goldfish drowned in water. How does that happen? The goldfish drowned in water, I don't know. You know what I mean? I was expecting all this kind of stuff. I was so scared thinking, oh, this is going to be an absolute disaster. And then the story started coming back in. Um, and for us, Jody received right at the end um, a ridiculous, like the largest amount of money we've ever been given in our lives. Like, you ever been given any more than that? No. There we go. It was just insane. It was absolutely insane. I'm not saying that as like a, a crazy kind of thing. We'd gone from like 
started at the bottom, now we're still there, but we had this insane blessing that came with it, you know what I mean? We got to keep our home for our two kids, which was absolutely miraculous. There's no way I could have predicted that happening. So um, that was us. The reason I'm sharing that with you guys isn't to tell you what you should do with your life, and also not to say to someone like, oh, everyone here, I'm telling you now, type. I'm not telling you to do that. What I do want to tell you to do, though, is to start taking steps towards generosity. Um, if you're not in a place where you don't want to give anything to church, fantastic. I'm, I'm not against that. Give it to someone who's in need. But don't, this is what a lot of Christians I know do. As soon as someone like me says something like that, they never do anything with it. Like, if you want to sponsor a fatherless child somewhere in the world, sponsor a fatherless child. But do it saying to God, I'm doing this for you. Um, for me, my biggest, my best gift always goes to God just because um, I would have killed myself a few years ago if it wasn't for him. So for me, I always give him my best because I wouldn't have my two beautiful girls and my, my wife if, if I hadn't listened to what he was saying to me. Yeah. So that's all we're saying. New year, new you. There's some behaviours you can do. You can flip the camera around and start celebrating other people. That will bring radical change to your life and the people around you because often we don't celebrate people. We just show people how great we are. Um, also, that his mercies are new every morning. You don't have to wait for New Year's for a fresh start. That's a long time to wait. It's available every single morning. And one of the things, we have our values every week. And this week we've been talking about giving. Giving is living. Um, one of the other ways you can give, which is a huge way you can give to City Hill, which is just equally as important, is it says on there, your time is a priceless gift only you can give. Everyone has talents. There are people that serve City Hill intellectually with ideas, rebounding ideas, helping us refine things. There's Apollo who does the designs for every series, who's now also doing City Light. Um, there's Katrina who heads up um, our, our hosting team and welcoming, getting the place up every week so a first-time guest can feel um, welcome with a drink and, and, and some pastries and, and fruit and stuff. There's so many different ways. One of the key new areas I want to highlight, which is going to happen this week, this week I'm going to be ordering because some money came from a ridiculous place for City Hill. I mean, this was insane. I'm going to be buying a DSLR. We're no longer going to always pay for a photographer to come here and do that. I've loved doing that and that's been brilliant, but... We want to create opportunities for people to serve because it's your time and that's also an amazing, beautiful way. Because here's the one thing, you are one of a kind. There is no other you on the planet. So as soon as you step up and serve at City Hill, you give a unique gift to God. No one else on this planet can give. No one else can do that the way you do it. Regardless of whether you rate yourself at how you do it, you give to God something so precious and amazing. And for us, that is the most exciting thing for me when someone serves. I get more excited about that than giving. And so we're going to get a DSLR. So if you would like to serve, in like taking pictures on a Sunday, that would be amazing because the venue we meet in, when we take pictures and we put them online, we get interest from people around London that have, would never know about our church. And there are gonna be people that will come to this church just because someone stepped up to wanna to take a picture. And like, you may think that's a, a minor, that's not, that's evangelism and that's mission and that's being outward. And that's part of our strategy to reach the 100. So if you would like to serve in that capacity, you may go, you know what, I wanna do that once, once a month. That would be absolutely amazing. It's a new role we're creating and we're going to be doing in the new year. I'm going to um, pray for us. I'm going to wrap it up. And then anyone who wants to share a testimony, we're going to go around to anyone who does want to. That's cool.
Father God, I thank you for your faithfulness towards us. I thank you for your love. I thank you for the opportunities that we have to give. Um, resources is one thing, but giving you our time, our skills, our love, and also outside of being on a Sunday, sharing faith with someone, sharing hope, sharing love. These are wonderful gifts that you love when we give to you. Um, Father, I pray that this would be a new year, new us, um, and that we won't be like the rest of our culture and society, which actually is about new year, new mammon, and worshiping themselves and worshiping their, their, their paycheck, um, which is actually um, doesn't exist. Money doesn't exist. Uh, it has no intrinsic value. It has a value of trust that we assign to it, much like faith and our faith in you. Um, and we chase that our whole lives. We pray that we would be released and set free from that this year. But we would pray we would be people that look forward to the new year of generosity. Generosity to thank others and celebrate them. Generosity to see the needs and meet them. Um, and generosity to be a part of your mission, your kingdom. Lord God, in Jesus' name. Amen. really hope you enjoyed today's message and if you'd like to find out more about City Hill please visit our website cityhill.london